Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. And I'm Tom Scholey. We're going to look at some uh, James O'Barr art. You know, big big fan of James O'Barr here at Cartoonist Kayfabe. Doesn't have that much art outside of The Crow, so I found a new piece that's pretty interesting, uh, also for you Star Trek fans. Before we do, I want to ask everybody out there to like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't already done so. Be sure and hit that bell icon next to the subscribe button. That way you'll be notified when a new video is posted. And if you want to run off to eBay, Amazon, or your local comic shop and try to track down something like Fugitive Number 1, for example, you'll have a leg up on the competition because you'll know about it first. Uh, also, let the video play through to the end. That, that allows YouTube to share our videos with other comics fans on YouTube and uh, introduces Cartoonist Kayfabe to potentially new audience members, and it's how we grow the channel, so we appreciate your help on that. We'll take a look at Fugitive, the, the Fugitive One uh, story, which this is something, you can find this in the quarter bins. Yes, that's how I found it. Yeah, this is in the quarter bins. Uh, I have it, I might have three copies of this thing. Couldn't <laughs> find one of them uh, in time for the video. But uh, super happy to look at this. I did grab this in a quarter bin uh, this past week, and we did a video uh, about Caliber Presents issue number one as being the holy grail of Outlaw Comics. This is, uh, you know, this is a contender for, for part two, for sure. Yeah, definitely something that we will, again, as a James O'Barr fan, there's not that much. So whenever you find some, you want to, uh, to dig into it. And uh, Caliber, another company that we've talked about quite a bit that we enjoy out of Michigan. So this is an anthology and uh, it's a parody, which is how I think they get away with what we're going to show in a minute. But uh, you can see James O'Barr and Guy Davis here in the story that we're going to be looking at today kind of team up. And I think the main Guy Davis contribution is this first page. And, uh, and that's in the credits at the end of the story. But uh, Vince Locke on lettering. So yeah. you have Vince Locke, Guy Davis, and James O'Barr's hands on this story. We talked about that in uh, the, the Caliber Presents issue one. There's that comic called I.O. with Danzig, the, the cyborg, cybernetic uh, mercenary squad. And just on the fly, I was racking my brain trying to figure out what the name of their crew was called because uh, in that story there was there was no individual credits but you could obviously see the hand of everybody barbed wire halo studios that's a mouthful is what their consortium was it was called so this is a de facto barbed wire halo studios comic book yes and uh this is a story charles marshall writes all the stories in here about this fugitive character and it's about basically this guy you know, running from a bounty hunter and through these different, different parodies, I guess I would say. Yeah, we see him uh, meeting the monsters. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, you get this in like Ninja Turtles too, where it's like, hey, we're the, you know, the baby boomer generation. And now we're in, we get to, you know, tell you the stuff we're into. That's exactly right. And uh, who would have thunk James O'Barr into Star Trek? Pretty <laughs> well, good likenesses. Was, you know, there, yeah, there's not a lot. So. Pop culture was so much smaller back then. I was surprised whenever I found out about this story to open it up and see like how, I mean, these are likenesses. This mm -hmm. hardly feels like a parody. It's, it's, it's so stuff. close. You could see the James O'Barr in here, but the line quality is so different. And I wonder if a little of that is is um, Vince Locke Marks or something. Yeah, or a Guy Davis. It is those kind of like pen lines yeah. uh, that I think of in, in his early work. James O'Barr would talk about uh, discovering manga in, in like the early 80s. And it's to me, it's very adventurous to, to like have hatching on eyeballs mm -hmm. and having that the big shine like that it, it creates this very wet eye that i think is it's really attractive it's funny too to me to think of like how you put together likenesses at this time period i mean i guess you'd have, have like, star logs well uh, yeah i was thinking like you'd have like star trek baseball cards or whatever Maybe. you know 
Yeah, whatever reference you could find. We call them non-sports cards in the field. <laughs> and it's kind of a regular uh, Star Trek-like plot. You know, they're around a planet and they're beaming up and down, except for this fugitive character is, is part of the crew, posing you, as part of the crew. You know, if this is all J-O-B inking, mm-hmm. this is a connective tissue piece between stuff like The Crow and that... Um, that uh, Wiley Coyote comic that is like very line heavy, uh, pen heavy rather right. than uh, brush. Yeah, and I wonder if that's a result of just sharing studio space with guys that are using different tools too. Where it's like, yeah, let me try that. When you see, when you can be with somebody and you see them putting marks down and how cool it looks, you gotta you gotta try it sometimes. That's the cool part about like if you go off to to like art school and you're like in a yeah. dorm situation rather rather than commuting because you get to see that stuff throughout the day. And you mentioned manga and those eyeballs, Ed. I see it just on any of this line work. You know, it feels like it's dashed off quickly and you're you're almost chasing grayscales and values with these lines rather than say like, you know, a line around a jaw that clearly delineates a form. In this case, it's really almost like, well, maybe you don't have the screen tone there. So you're generating that kind of gray out of these quickly dashed off lines. I'm, I'm thinking of Michael Golden specifically in that panel that you pointed out. And, you know, once in a while it does feel like, oh yeah, there's the James <laughs> yeah. O'Barr crow kind of faces. Totally. And the first guy that uh, feels the wrath of this fugitive character is beamed into a wall and begs for death. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the classic thing that for everybody would talk God, about. Kill me. <laughs> and that would always be the threat in X-Men comics with uh, Nightcrawler and Kitty Pryde mm-hmm, and yes. stuff. Like, so, like, yeah, let's see that, man. Hey, it's not just X-Men. Anytime you start teleporting, it's a concern. Yeah. <laughs> you see the prestige. And to close up the, uh, the emo of this guy, please, and uh, I'm sorry, and shoots him. But <laughs> the crying tears. You love it, man. Not gory enough. I feel like you'd be like oozing and stuff if you were embedded in a wall, you know. If it was just a barbed wire Halo Studios comic, we would have that. But we have this X factor of this writer guy. So the uh, this is a pretty clever stunt. They realize what's going on. That this guy's a bad guy and they're going after him. And they check the coordinates of the last like beam. He set it up to to beam like 20 feet above the ground on this planet. So when they show up, the first thing that happens is they fall a couple stories to... Uh, Quite a bit of pain. Yeah. <laughs> Crunch. Some broken legs, yeah. Yeah. That treatment, that treatment with the zipatone is very uh, Wally Wood. The, grad, the gradation or the drawing like the, the, the white gradation, on top? yeah, yeah. And also, like, there's a manga cut influence of just cut chipping away at the dots. Yeah, even the clouds I would think of, like, I'll give credit to, uh, like, manga skies. Yeah, I feel like they saying. do stuff that's practically photorealistic with that. Yeah. And at this point, they actually sell, like, the leader sells screens. Like, when I went to uh, Sakaido, there is maybe a hundred different screen tones of skies. See, now, Ed, you're, uh, you're, 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 t- you're showing the tricks off now, <laughs> where it's like, maybe I should be less impressed next time I see a good-looking sky in the manga I'm reading. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Might not, might not just be the, uh, the artist figuring that part out. And, of course, the guy, uh, one guy is tracking this down to this planet and trying to... Uh, it's layers on layers. It could almost be a Star Trek episode, right? Yeah, it's good, mm-hmm. man. Like an interdimensional traveler coming through and crossing their paths. And you see them now, you know, cutting between the Enterprise and this planet. That's James O'Borgo and Ham right there. <laughs> Leaning in a little bit. 
talking about leaning in. And then, and then the crow comes on the, <laughs> you know, proto crow dude. Like the mullet hasn't quite grown yet. It's so funny to see and and like cosplay, crow crow uh, <laughs> cosplaying a Star Trek. That uh, James T. Kirk hairline is perfect too. And isn't it funny how James T. Kirk's hairline is pushed back further than T. J. Hooker's? <laughs> it comes much later. Not not the first or last actor to uh, to fall under that. See Stanley. He has a better diet, so his hair started uh, hairline started coming forward. See Elon Musk. <laughs> and another shot of the ship. Wonder if uh, the ship is mainly Guy Davis's contribution. He's doing something because like this, these lines are not these lines. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like this is this is somebody else's hand here. It's really weird too to try to figure out. Guy Davis or Vince Locke lines. Right. You know, because those two have some, when some look, commonality. When you look at Baker Street, you know, like they clearly had a big synergy. They had 10,000 hours of practice together. Um, yeah. But, but I mean, this is, this is James O'Barr by way mm-hmm. of Baker Street. Check out his eyes. The reflection is almost like the uh, nuclear sign. Yeah, I was thinking Mickey Mouse, but those not, yeah. not too far divorced. B- both things that if uh, if I can get it into my work before you guys do will be uh, <laughs> will show up in my future. Yeah, so comments. so so that's what assists means, man. There's a little little uh, guy Davis hand on this stuff. Yeah, and of course Vince Locke doing letters, and if it's all happening in a shared space, wouldn't be hard to imagine him uh, filling in here and there. Great as explosion. Well. Yeah, really nice. And that gets back to that sky you were pointing out where it's like white media on top of stuff. You see splatter, like white splatter as part of this. And the story is that this guy is taking control of the ship and blows up that planet in pursuit of the fugitive he's after. But of course, uh, he keeps going because this is not the end of the book. <laughs> right. But how weird of a story is this? This is This must have been a paycheck story, right? Like, I assume Charles Marshall, if not Gary Reed, is paying these guys i mean you know he's the creator this is his his book his character so the create you know james obar guy davis vince Locke don't have a stake in this character so you got to pay him and it's like keeping the lights on in the studio space and those and, and these guys like they're they're cult hits at this point at the at the very very least man dead world's a thing maybe baker, baker, baker street is out yeah. and and stuff like the realm like like guy davis is has been around and certainly the crow is is the the tent pool caliber comic uh showing this off like i don't know if there's any other like art like worth worth noting but we're gonna have to do caliber presents number two and exhibit you know one through one through five or whatever for um its relationship to like outlaw comics is it's the mantle is sealed you have tim vigil tim tyler you got a vince lock dead world you got a James O'Barr strip to start things off. Like, look at that character right mm-hmm. there, dude. That's freaking sick. Yeah, and this is nice to see because look at the contrast in inking style. Whenever we're pointing out, like, you know, is that guy Davis on inks, you can see the very different approaches that uh, James O'Barr, that I associate with James O'Barr, um, kind of kind of uh, art. And it's funny, the Skinner running off of the panel. Yeah. That's kind of a cool, cool tip. Look at that stuff right there, dude. There's your example of Vince Locke art. Uh, with those like hatchy noodles and yeah again with that using some pen work although it looks like there's brush and pen on there right which is why you know i look at some of this art and think yeah that could be you know there there could be some vince Locke isms in there yeah 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 that that old brand caliber comic man is near and dear to my heart you know they they had a run for a couple of years where it was this gothy horror 
Detroit aesthetic. And uh, it's going to be investigated a little bit more on the Kayfabe channel. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it's interesting how long they run because it goes away from that. And, and now you've got the Bendises and the David Max and Oink. Ed Brubaker's. Did they do Oink? I like Oink, by the way. Yeah. I would look at that. That's a quasi-outlaw kind of piece, if painted comics can qualify for that. But like I said, if you're a James O'Barr fan, I bet you you don't know this story. I mean, this is a pretty... I was shocked to find this. And and it's findable, you know? You got yours for a quarter. I got five for a quarter over, <laughs> over the years, man. So they're out there. Yeah, this may be the, uh, the perfect kayfabe effect book in that... Um, <laughs> Price will go up to a dollar. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's Warehouse Within, that cover that could easily be overlooked. Right. I, I, it's surprising to me that I actually picked this one up because it is pretty random, but that's why I think it's this is a quarter buy, not a dollar buy. Right. But uh, probably worth a dollar with that with that early James O'Barr story. I'd buy that for a dollar. you good to go? <laughs> I am. I Kayfabers like follow subscribe to the YouTube channel hit the bell we'll notify you when new vids are available what's out there Jimmy Hulk Grand Design Monster Number One is in stores now when you see this video run to your local comic shop and grab a copy before they are sold out this is a retelling of the 60 year history of the Incredible Hulk in 40 very dense pages uh, celebrating that history you can also join me on patreon.com slash Jim Rugg where you can see a lot more of my comics original art and how I make those comics Red Room Trigger Warnings issue number one is on the stands as we speak murder on the dark web for fun and profit every issue is completely self-contained it's coming out on a monthly basis we sold more comics this past we had we had a big spike in sales uh, this past week and uh, more Patreon subscribers uh, this past week than I have in the past year. I want to thank people and invite people to check that out as well. I have uh, more than 200 pages of Red Room Comics on the Patreon. I put up new strips as we every Tuesday and I put the Trigger Warnings comics up there before they hit paper, three bucks for the entire archive, and you can hit, hit up my link tree in the description below this video to uh, to get to uh, all these comics. Uh, there's Fantastic Four Grand Design, uh, Jack Kirby, The Epic Life of the King of Comics, which uh, is now in Italian. There's an Italian version I just got, so so you know check all that stuff out. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Jimmy, give them the marching orders. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.